0: Hello everybody, welcome to this Talking Tendons podcast. My name is Peter Maliaris, I'm an academic from Monash University. Today I'm going to be talking about conditioned pain modulation. So I did do one recently and that was my student Pat Valence's paper, part of his PhD studies where... Uh, we were looking at conditioned pain modulation at the insertion of the Achilles, so insertional Achilles tendinopathy and we did find um, a significant finding there. Uh, but what is conditioned pain modulation? Well it's a way of testing uh, whether there is um, adequate, um, normal pain inhibitory responses to a painful stimulus. So let me explain that. What you generally would do in this paradigm is put someone's hand in some very cold water. So generally it's around about eight or nine degrees Celsius and you keep it in there for quite a while, probably about two minutes, and um, uh, they become very uncomfortable and there's quite a bit of discomfort and pain. Um, and uh, to the point where they generally get five out of 10 in terms of their pain rating whilst in the water. Um, and what you do is you measure mechanosensitivity. So how sensitive they are to pressure, when they signal, when they tell you that they're in pain, when you press on them really hard with a um, with an algometer, that's a that test is called pressure pain threshold. Um, they tell you this is painful. Generally that points at which they perceive it's painful um, um, it happens with more pressure after the painful stimulus. So that's condition pain modulation. So the pain is modulated by the painful stimulus. So it's sort of also described as pain treats pain because you give a painful stimulus and they become less sensitive on that pressure pain threshold measure to pain for a short amount of time afterwards. Okay, So it's a way of testing um, this inhibitory mechanism, and it's I guess the inhibitory mechanism is a central mechanism because it's um, it's mediated by central inhibitory factors, um, pain inhibitory factors in the central nervous system. So, so that's sort of what you're testing with this. And the um, uh, the paper that I'm going to talk about today is from the crew in uh, the University of Cape Town. So the lead author is. I'm probably not going to pronounce this properly, so I apologise in advance, but I will try. It's Nonlanla uh, Kumbuzi and um, other authors that you may have come across, uh, Malcolm Collins and Alison September from that group have done a lot of tendon research. So, so in effect, um, these guys uh, looked at the literature and it is a little bit hard to interpret when it comes to pain. We know pain is a bit of an enigma in tendinopathy. We... Think that it's probably related to peripheral sensitization and local nociceptive uh, factors uh, that could be driven by the the cascade of, you know, cell driven by chemicals that um, are uh, sort of located within pathological tendons. We know that. Um, Uh, But there's also some evidence that there could be changes in the central nervous system, including changes to inhibitory mechanisms like the CPM, but also there's other proxy measures of central sensitization. So for example, you tend to get really mechanosensitive all around your body, for example, like in fibromyalgia, that's a real sign of central sensitization as well when you're um, your your threshold for triggering pain from pressure is reduced globally around the body. So, so these things can be used as measures and they, they have been shown to be um, impacted for tendinopathy, especially in the upper limb there's evidence for central sensitization um, uh, based on these measures, but not so much in the lower limb and not so much, it's fair to say, with measures like CPM. Uh, the other measure that hasn't been looked at very much is um, uh, is temporal summation, where you apply a painful stimulus over and over again, and you get this summation of that um, noxious response, um, painful response. So, uh, so that, so the, the, these paradigms um, have not been looked at as much, and this group wanted to clear up some of the um, data in the achilles where in the mid-portion achilles um tompra uh, a while ago showed that yes there was a cpm effect that was um you know that was showing there was reduced inhibitory response to this um, painful stimulus but other studies like Singer and other people have shown that maybe we don't see these differences they haven't all looked at cpm but they've looked at other proxy measures of central sensitization so there's a bit of debate about whether there is central Um, pain processing changes. Um, So these guys looked at uh, this CPM protocol uh, within the Achilles mid portion and they did a really fantastic study in terms of numbers. It's not an easy test and they managed to look at 123 runners and also 100 controls which is a really incredible amount of work and um, uh, they uh, they, they they looked at um, this huge number of people and reported the data really nicely. You'll see some nice graphs. I'll link this paper, but I, I really like the graphs they've produced with individual data as well. And they look at PPT before the cold presser and after, and they look at the CPM effects so of the change in PPT. And they basically find that there wasn't a huge, um, well, there wasn't any uh, significant differences between the controls and the people that Achilles and not, in terms of their CPM response, um, that that was that was uh, pretty much this, you know, the main finding that um, there wasn't um, a difference in their CPM response, and that was their primary aim. So they addressed the primary aim. They looked at that. Um, there, uh, I guess one of the things to mention is that the CPM was taken, or the pressure pain thresholds were taken at the painful Achilles, and uh, Pat Valens has talked about this My in his paper, uh, that that might interact with the local nociceptive mechanism, so it also might interact with their anticipation of pain, uh, and that might muddy the waters a bit, uh, because it is a psychophysical test, it's also about the apprehension and also their anticipation. Uh, but also the local pain mechanisms that are um, occurring there. So if you look at CPM at other sites, it gives you a bit a clearer picture, I guess, of more the processing uh, without that um, interacting effect of the local uh, pain mechanisms. Alright, so let's talk then about the actual CPM response. The CPM response was quite uh, variable. Um, and you can see in figure one, um, the, the third figure, figure C, as part of that panel of figures, there's quite a big variability. Some people actually got uh, to stand more pressure, which is the normal response after cold water immersion. Some people stood less pressure, but overall there was no real differences or change, uh, no overall CPM effect in either group, which is interesting in itself. Um, I think the variability is interesting to try and explain because some people Some of our patients who get worse after something like this, they probably have some um, impairments in their inhibitory mechanisms that may be relevant and may also influence their outcomes. So, thinking about this in a different way and understanding some of these, some of the heterogeneity, I think is important. Um, Another important point with this study is that. they uh, did have only recreational runners which is good because it's homogenous but it's also they were quite quite low in their severity and that might have influenced their ability to look at uh, between group differences. I know in Pat's study he basically had people who were quite mixed a lot of them didn't have um, uh, weren't active in sport at all so that could be a different demographic and possibly a bit older. Um, The other thing was that they were younger the, con- the controls in this group were younger and they were less likely to be runners than the people with Achilles. So if you look at Table 1, you can see all that data. So that also could could introduce some issues. But I think they control for that statistically and they still found that uh, even with that. Um, oh yeah, and BMI was different as well. But even controlling for those, there was no differences still in that CPM effect and you can see the variability is huge um, as a highlight in that figure C. So interesting really interesting another CPM study which is great we're getting more CPM studies um, there's also one by Miles Murphy which is worth looking at the six people I think I believe it's just an Achilles population yeah, mid portion Achilles and they did a really good recruitment process where they tried to really Um, take out a lot of the confounders and they found quite a healthy normal CPM response. Um, So again it just highlights how different populations can be different and the way people do things will influence the outcomes. so it's worth considering when you're reading these studies. Um, But I think where it leaves us is that uh, we're not sure really still about CPM and um, pain processing centrally whether that's impacted, probably is for some people, probably isn't for others. Uh, depending on the population um, and so worth looking at as I say a little bit, in a little bit more detail how uh, this could uh, play out for some of our population groups and what explains some of the heterogeneity which I think is really the most interesting finding from this study that I've just um, talked about excellent so I'll leave it there for today thank you for listening I will link this to the um, Uh, to the show notes for this podcast Um, so thanks again I'll see you next time